da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. So I'm here somewhat against my will, but I'm here nonetheless. And we're here to talk Harry Potter and the Harry Potter universe, world, realm, whatever it is. I don't know the correct nomenclature for that, but I'm sure I'll find out later on the episode. It's actually, it's, it's kind of disappointing. It's just Wizard Basket. <laughs> wizard Basket? Mm-hmm. Just okay. a basketball wizard stuff, yeah. Hey, wow, I love it already. And I'm just, <laughs> We got like a two more hours of this, fellas, so strap on in, <laughs> sit down, grab your cup of tea, and just uh, kick back and relax. But it's going to be a good night, because this is my first Harry Potter discussion of any kind, and haven't seen the movies. I'm coming in completely cold, voluntarily, for a just for the listener, to just to have a different perspective on things, because I'm that dedicated to the Mam fam that I have put off Harry Potter for them. Not for my own self. Not for my own selfish reasons. <laughs> it's for the listener. I've stayed away purposefully. No, actually, just never got around to it. Uh, grew up with Harry Potter in that time. Uh, friends liked it and saw the movies. Just never got around to it. Nothing against them. But again, I am coming in golden. So Brian and Richard will have to school me, so to speak, on that stuff later with our special yeah, guests. Hogwarts school. <laughs> Gryffindor. All right. <laughs> So we're going to talk that later. I'm excited. Fantastic Beast, that is. And uh, Richard has scarves in hand. Mm-hmm. And covered in scarves. Head to toe, scarved out. I got my face paint handy. White face paint, that is. And Brian? <laughs> yes, and I, I have crow. my crow on my okay, shoulder, good. ready to go. <laughs> cool. Plenty of birdseed. Cool. Good. Yep. All right. He's, he's sitting pretty at this point. All right. Gabriel gets angry if you don't feed him midway through. Yeah. And also, I should let you guys know, uh, just so, so you know, my teeth look terrible for this episode. You put on and I smell yeah. terrible, so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I also have a cologne, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just been rolling in uh, in cologne, uh, like an old hobo sweater, and uh, and wine. Just drenched myself in wine. Not good wine, mind you. Okay. Well, before we get to all that, and plenty more. Uh, let's talk movie news, rumors, rumblings, fellas. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. I don't think uh, we've, as a three-part harmony, which is what we are, we're the three best friends that anybody could have on the show, of uh, talks uh, Rogue One at all. Uh, we're about a month away from Rogue One, believe it or not, fellas. Hard to believe. We're four weeks away, Crazy. Brian, from another Crazy. I'm release. excited. Seems like just yesterday we were uh, geeking out over The Force Awakens. We were just a month away from that. I think we did like 25 lead-up episodes to <laughs> The Force Awakens. Yes. Just well, about we this time last year, we were... We you guys were... did 40 others that are just in the right. in the vaults, just, in, in the man vaults. Right. Yeah. Ready, ready to be released. Next uh, to Walt unleashed. Disney's head and yeah. old DVDs of Lion King. <laughs> Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, Lion by the King way. Simba's Pride, yeah. that's the best The one. cherished one, the treasure, I didn't limited see edition. Him, I didn't see him being gay as a plot twist, but it worked out. It was a great parade. The parade scene was fantastic. Yeah, I made the pride thing whole come full circle <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no. Circle ahead life, of it, yeah. Ahead, great. ahead of its time, really. So good. But enough about that. Uh, we haven't talked Rogue One in its full capacity, and there's a little bit of a... Uh, they're kind of doing the press rounds, maybe, starting to. And they just announced today that it's rated pg-13 
So mm -hmm. I did get that. It's not PG. It's not R. It is uh, right there in the middle. And they also announced, Kathleen Kennedy did, that it will not have the opening crawl, the traditional Star Wars opening oh. crawl, which is so interesting. So for the episodes. So those are, they're reserving those for the saga films, which is a good choice. I think it's, it's uh, appropriate, so to mm -hmm. speak. And considering that this movie is not a John Williams fair either. This is uh, Michael Giacchino, I think, who's done every other movie that John Williams has done, it seems like, or Hans Zimmer or somebody. But uh, it, it's not him. It's not John Williams. So that, that in and of itself will be very different in the Star Wars universe as far as how we perceive Star Wars and how we've come to know and love it over the years. So having said that, how do we feel a month out, Brian? Any feelings change? Any kind of uh, hunches as to what it could be about or anything like that? No, I mean, I think the buzz is is gotten good. I mean, it, like it went through that weird phase earlier this year where people were kind of down on it just based on uh, somewhat somewhat unfounded rumors and whatnot. I I feel pretty confident that it is going to be a very good film. It's not going to make Force Awakens money. That is something that people need to get in their brains right now if if they haven't already. If it um, makes half that, today, that'll be good. Yeah, honestly. I saw today that it was tracking for like 130 million opening weekend, whereas. Gosh, Force Awakens was like two, two, I don't know, 220 or 250. I mean, it was, you know, the biggest opening weekend ever. So it's not going to do that kind of money. And I'm already getting, I'm ready for the the articles that are going to be like, oh, is Rogue One a flop? No, it's not a flop. It's just not, you know, not every movie can make $3 billion. Is Rogue year. One a flop? Um, so I think if, you, if, you're, if you temper your expectations, at least from a financial standpoint, I expect the movie is going to be very good at this point. And, and I'm every little piece of, uh, you know, trailer or little information that we pick up here and there, it all makes me more excited. And, and you can definitely accuse me of being biased and being an easy mark for star Wars. But, um, I also did live through three terrible prequels. So I'm pretty attuned to like, <laughs> Oh, to the bad news. You know what I mean? Like the things that come up, they're yeah. like, Oh no, that sounds terrible. Um, and that, that has not been the case to this point. Yeah, I I got a got a feeling it's going to be the sci-fi Magnificent 7, you know, kind of the dirty dozen, so to speak, of uh okay. sci-fi. Yeah. And uh we'll kind of see how it all comes together. We know the plot. We know the ending, really, because we know a new hope. We know that the Death Star does get built and gets destroyed eventually by Skywalker. But I've heard of him. Luke Skywalker, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. That cleared up. Okay. Okay. We, uh, <laughs> it, we're familiar with it in in some Not sense, Jim. but what I've heard in that Kathleen Kennedy was also talking about, I don't know if this is an interview or she's, like I said, doing the press for Rogue One is starting to ramp up here, but she said that there, it's not all the realm of possibility that these other standalones, the unannounced ones, uh, could be just completely standalone and not relate to any of the saga films at all in any sense. They could just exist in Star Wars, but they could have all new characters, all new worlds, all new everything. So mm -hmm. uh, that's that's kind of a cool way that you could kind of go about these non-epic, uh, um, not epic, um, non, I guess, saga films is the word I was looking for. The, the non-episode mm -hmm. films. I was trying to combine epic, I was kind of <laughs> trying to combine saga and episode. Um but those movies, uh, you can kind of go wherever you want. They said Rogue One is more of a test at this point. I mean, they said, like, if all goes to plan, a.k.a. this makes the money we think it's going to make and the people like it 
it's positive and all that, and they can mm-hmm. go ahead with more risky Star Wars movies, which I hope it's, I hope this opens the door to doing more stuff that's very different and stuff we would never would have expected. Kind of what Star Wars Rebels is doing right now, to be honest. Sure. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that idea a Just lot. Just completely nothing we've ever heard of. Uh, yeah. In the sense that Kylo Ren was, um, so to right. say. I mean, we found out who Kylo Ren was, but this was a completely new character, completely new motivations and everything. Um, so that was exciting. Mm-hmm. It's such a wide open world, and there's so many things you can do with it. And I, man, if they're, I, I'm thrilled that they're thinking that way mm-hmm. and that um, we might get to see that come to fruition. So. I, I'm really excited. I hope Rogue One is a is a big hit. I know it's not going to be Force Awakens hit, like I said, but it can just be uh, it can just be good. It can just be a you know um, a, a, yeah. a marginal success and and creatively be be good. Um, then I'm really excited about what we might see over the course of the next you know ten or twenty or whatever number of years that Star Wars just continues to roll on. Richard, are you? More or less excited for this one than you were for Force Awakens at this point last year. Equal, equally, equal. I don't mean I know it's a cop out mm-hmm. answer, but no, I really am. I'm equally excited. I, I'm, I was excited for the grandeur of a good new Star Wars movie, and it ended up being a good movie. Um, but I'm ex- probably more excited for the content of this movie because just like the trailers get me a little more psyched. Not to say that the Force Awakens trailers weren't awesome too. Uh, so I would say it comes out to about equal. I'm, I'm hyped for this though. I want to buy my tickets already. I know that's the weirdest thing. Like I don't understand. I think I'd had I've purchased like a thousand tickets for Force Awakens by this point last year. So it's weird that they're not available yet. It's very weird. Wonder why that is. Maybe to create more hype. You You only went like eight times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just take my money, Star Wars. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I went like three times in the first weekend for Force Awakens. I think we did two podcasts on it in the first Mm -hmm. weekend. I went twice episodes. in like six hours, so yeah. yeah. They also revealed in, I guess, this interview that Josh Trank uh, was the director for the uh, unreleased standalone and that it was, in fact, Boba Fett, what it was going to be. Oof. They never released what the actual plot was, um, but that was – it was Boba Fett uh, standalone and or origin, which I'm assuming would cross over with the Han Solo one. That Miles Teller is yeah. Boba Fett. Dodged a bullet there, guys. So, I don't, I, yeah, dodged a bullet there. I guess that's the right phrase to use. Uh, it fell apart all right around the time Fantastic Four came out or the press was coming or reviews were coming out or people mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. to get a wind of what had happened on the set and how he was just horrible to work with, I guess, Josh Trank. Yeah. And yeah. Lucasfilm wanted none of that or he bailed on the project or something like that. So thankfully that happened, but still that leaves that door kind of open for that, uh, that third standalone unannounced movie. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to see if it kind of stays Boba Fett. It's kind of intriguing, but I, I, I just went on the record saying, I want to see something completely new and different and characters <laughs> we've never heard of. So I think Boba Fett would kind of be a step, not backwards, but uh, sideways at this point, I guess. Sure. So yeah, uh, I mean, the, we're, we know we're getting Han Solo, and then there's been that the Obi Wan project has been rumored for a long time, and Boba Fett too. I think you kind of have to do a Boba Fett one. I think you just can work because Boba Fett into not doing Solo, it though. is saying, nah, we don't want a billion dollars because people love Boba <laughs> Fett. So I think I think that's kind of got to be done. I guess my hope is that once they get a couple of these under their belts, then they feel comfortable doing 
something that is a little bit more detached and has, you can just kind of do fun stuff and just, if it doesn't work, okay. And if it doesn't tie in great, but it just kind of exists within the entire universe. And that, that's my dream. Cause I want to see, I want to see those movies just as much as I would, you know, I'm going to be super pumped for any of these movies that come out, but that's the sort of thing that gets me excited as far as just like a huge star Wars nerd. There's so much to do. And that would be, that would be cool to see those things come through. So the only other news bit regarding star Wars goes is I guess game of Thrones is Khaleesi. Daenerys Mm -hmm. or Amelia Clark is going to be in the Han Solo movie in some Mm -hmm. unannounced role. Uh, probably a character we don't know, Chewbacca. I'm assuming. <laughs> well, that is Lady terribly Chewbacca. misogynistic of you. Uh, no, I am. I'm kidding. I'm, I like I, her a lot as an actress. I'm oh, yeah. excited for that. She hasn't really done much outside of Game of Thrones, to be honest. I mean, she did, that, the big uh, she did that one movie. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I'll get there. Hold on. Yeah, she had that, that, uh, that Nicholas Sparksy kind of movie oh, earlier. Yeah. This yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah, what yeah, that yeah. Old. Uh, she was in by a, me. Ter- There's like 25 yeah, of those a year. Something like that. She was in the Terminator yeah. movie, and that was pretty pretty rough all around. But you certainly can't blame that on her. So. Oh, he's out. Uh, I mean, uh, no, it was uh, Genesis. Oh, Genesis. Gosh, there one. you go. Forgot that was a thing until just now. There are so many movies that I've just erased from my mind. Just I've <laughs> told my mind to erase them immediately after that we talk about them for two hours or whatever it is, and I'm just like I never. It's like taking a a final in college you cram for for four mm-hmm, hours mm-hmm. you take the final yeah. and they're like i never want to hear those words again in my life <laughs> i don't care you know uh, yeah. that's how i felt with that one but she'll be in there nonetheless and i have enjoyed her work in game of thrones and i'm, I'm sure she'll be a good addition to the cast so we'll have to keep our ears peeled for some rumblings on what character she will be playing but as far as blockbusters are concerned this is a good segue because amc theaters it's getting a little, I don't know, greedy or smart. I don't know what, what, how we're going to fall on this, but they've decided or, or they've brainstormed about or rumored about actually charging more money at the theater for blockbuster movies, for the big tentpole films, uh, for mm-hmm. the Captain Americas, for the Star Warses, for the Ghostbusters. No, I'm just kidding. That one, <laughs> hopefully not, not ever again. But, I mean... They basically the number one movie of the weekend. They're going to charge more for, or whatever's forecasted to be that. Uh, for example, you could pay five bucks to go see Hell or High Water, or you can pay twelve bucks to go see, uh, I guess Rogue One. So uh, that opens up a different kind of window for smaller movies, and it opens kind mm-hmm. of a, an exclusive window for, I guess, the tentpole films, or maybe it kind of lessens the market as far as that is concerned. So what are your thoughts on, uh, is it a positive or a negative, Richard? I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm torn. I think it's it's definitely, you know, in a purely capitalistic way, smart. I think it's a smart move uh, because you're going to sell those tickets anyway, so you might as well make extra revenue on them. Uh, but like, part of me wants, I wish it was like inverted morally. Like I wish that so that the kind of mediocre budget films could could make more. Uh, Make a bigger cut. Make a bigger cut, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm. I mean, gosh, it's just it's going to throw off the rankings even further as we pump up inflation on on ticket prices even more. But I get it. Look, I mean, they're they have shareholders. Their their job is to make as much money for those shareholders as possible. So I I understand. Yeah, Brian. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens. In in some ways, I kind of hope it does happen, just so it could serve as a as a test case for how do we uh, how do we do movies in the you know the next ten, fifteen, twenty years? How does that work at the theater? And uh, in some ways, I like it makes sense. Like I can't blame any any uh, theater chain for thinking this is a, a smart way to go, just because. I mean, you know, if you 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 said it just right, Kent, you can charge whatever you want pretty much for for Rogue One and people are going to go see it. So why not charge a little bit more? I guess my hope would be that if you do open that door to charge a little bit more, um, that 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 hopefully that opens a path for more movies like Hell or High Water or even more movies like Arrival to get more a longer theater run or or yeah. be in more screens and stuff like that which is my ultimate goal to a have more movies that are budgeted somewhere between 10 and i don't know whatever 40 million dollars a get budget get greenlit and sent to theaters and b get into more than eight theaters and in the entire country you know that's so i can see a path how i guess if they're charging more it a, it means more revenue, and B, it probably means you have a few, like one less screen dedicated to a huge movie because you have to assume that that possibly the the number of ticket sales are going to be a little bit lower, and you just make it up with the the extra money, and maybe that means yeah, I don't know, La La Land gets a screen instead of uh, Rogue One or something like that, and that that makes me excited. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the whole day and day. Uh, release for yes. as far as on demand is concerned, it, absolutely they do it in some capacity for some independent uh, like like I, Miramax will do it, the Weinstein's will do it sometimes. Uh, they'll release their movies on say on iTunes the same day as they'll do if they do limited release. For example, if they do the whole Dallas, L.A., New York, and Chicago are the only markets showing the movie, they'll put it on mm-hmm. iTunes so anyone who's not in those markets can see the movie. You, you'll pay more. You'll pay fourteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine to buy it or rent it or whatever it costs early or the same time as the theater. But again, you do get to see it. So mm-hmm. here's a question, and I've heard this talked about. They were talking about this a couple of years ago, and, and it really hasn't come to fruition, really, as far as the industry is concerned. What about paying uh, forty dollars to see Rogue One the night it comes out if you on on demand? Brian, would you do that in your house? Like, if you were could get it on iTunes, the 18th, See, and you could watch it on your own home theater. I hear this, or I mean, this 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 idea comes out. It seems like every year, some new service or a project comes out, and they say, well, "This is what we want to do." And to me, that defeats the purpose. I don't want to see Rogue One for the first time on my 50 inch TV. I want to see it in a huge theater and have it be part, have that be part of the experience. The movies that I want to see on my, you know, from my computer or on my TV or whatever are the smaller movies that I know I'm never going to get a chance to see in the theaters. Like lion is out right now in a couple of select cities and I've heard great buzz about it. I would love to see lion. I don't even know if it's going to make it to Dallas. And if it does, will it be in a time that I can go, you know, that I can drive out and see it? Most of the time that doesn't happen. So I end up having to wait another three or four months until maybe I can get it on DVD or iTunes or whatever. Um, That's, I wouldn't pay $40 to see Lion, but I might, 
I don't know. I would definitely pay 15. Like that to me, that's the, that's the method that we need to go down. These, you don't need to see fans. You don't want to see fantastic beasts on your TV. Maybe there are a few people, but the vast majority of people, Uh. it makes more sense to be, (laughs) speak for yourself, play (laughs) movies like that play better in a, on a huge screen. Um, now could I, the, the benefit of it would be to not have to interact with humans, which I also yeah, enjoy. Exactly. But, you weigh but that. I'm, I'm, I think you're, I think it's going to be hard to find enough of a market to make it uh, financially feasible to say, Hey, you can watch uh star. Wars, you can watch the new star Wars movie uh, in a theater, or you can watch it on your computer for $40. Like I just, I don't think people are going to do that. I think, I think that's kind of like backwards thinking. I think you're wrong. Of, I, I, I may I be wrong. Be, I, I, I think, think we are headed to a place where I think we'll pay seventy dollars for an Xbox is, game. Yes, because you can play an Xbox game for literally for hours upon hours upon hours. You're not getting if you're paying sixty dollars for an Xbox game that takes two hours to play, then you're an idiot. Like that's a, that's a terrible idea. Um, or you have way more money than I do, and you know, good for you, I guess. But uh, I think. I think it's I think it's going to be hard to find a market. I think we're headed more towards the vast majority of screens in a multiplex are dedicated to two or three big movies and then these other movies get some kind of on-demand distribution or there's always mentioned what was the one I think earlier this year that I think it was the guy from Napster that was pumping one that would like some of the money would go to a local theater or something like that. And you could, you could stream whatever movie you're wanting to watch. Uh, and it was, it was typically smaller stuff. And then, por- you know, a portion of the money would go to, I guess, whatever theater is closest to your location or something like that. And it didn't get very far. It ended up getting shot down. But I think that is more likely to be uh, financially solvent than, you know, Hey, you want to watch the new Harry Potter on my computer? No, not really. I'd rather play a, pay a fourth of that and see it on a huge screen. Here's the uh, here's the thing, though, Brian, which haven't haven't considered this factor. Say you have three kids. Sure, kids' movies is a there little bit go. different. I think you, yeah, you're kids spending fifty sell. bucks just to take your family there mm-hmm. anyway, just to get them to the theater. You're paying fifty dollars, sure. uh, not including popcorn, drink, dinner, whatever. Um, yeah. If you're if you're if if a night out to go to the movies with your family is a hundred dollars anyway, you'll pay forty dollars to keep it at your house and say, "All right, kids, you know we got macaroni and cheese on the oven in the oven. We're watching Fantastic Beasts instead of going to go to the theater." I, I think, I think that's where the market is. For yeah. That. Yeah, that's that. That, I, I can see that, I, and I can see date night as well. Of like, well, I can't get a babysitter, so we've got to figure out something to do after the kid goes to bed. Forty dollar like, on I, demand and chill, exactly. But yeah. and then the, I, uh, the hermits like me who who would rather pay forty dollars to watch it alone than spend yeah. twelve to go be in public and see. That's my thing. Is like, I um, I I I definitely value, and this is where I'm kind of in between you two. Um, I definitely value seeing, especially certain types of films in theaters, and I think it's a wonderful experience. But it's a wonderful experience that, as I get older, I hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I I hate. No one has any etiquette in movie theaters anymore. I know we weren't we're not going to rant about this because we've done it before, and so is every other movie podcast and whatever. But it's it is, and when you're, I have crazy like vigilance issues, and I notice every word that is said in the theater every light i am constantly 
anxious because I just want to like walk. I literally sit sometimes with my hands around my eyes so that I can just watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And and it gets worse and worse as I get older. And people just have like full conversations or like take their shoes off and put them on the thing above me. And I hate everyone. And so <laughs> I, um, while I certainly in my head want to say, oh, there's just nothing better than seeing a movie in a theater. Um, I, I think if that, if you, if you launch it tomorrow, I would probably never go to another movie theater. I, I hate going that much. <laughs> and the other thing you're not factoring in is VR. Right. Like, yes. That's another that thing. thing. Yeah. And so like I've done the, and this is just super low end VR, but I've done the VR thing where you actually are in a movie theater looking at the screen with the, you know, sound in your headphones. It's the exact, yeah. you have the best seat in the movie theater, except no one's in there. It's the exact, you can look around you can count the ceiling tiles. You can count the seats. You can look at popcorn on the floor and then you look up and there's the screen with the movie on it. It's the exact experience for your brain. Um, yeah. I think movie theaters, I would not invest in them after seeing things like that. And yeah. I think they'll figure out a way and a price point um, where eventually can, on uh, demand, it'll be, it'll make sense. I guess it'll make more yeah. sense than it has in the past. So right. and then we can run all run bootleg movie theaters out of our apartments and houses where <laughs> we buy, you know, we rent the movie for 12 hours and then see if we can work in six screenings. Right. <laughs> we run, uh, it's like we, Uber for movies. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, cool. Well, I mean, good discussion, I guess. Um, it's, it's not really there yet, but I think definitely we, we're, we've already experienced it with 3D and the fact that you pay more just to see 3D. You're paying $15 as opposed to 10 just to see, see a movie right. in 3D instead. So I guess we're kind of used to that um, already. It's just we're used to paying a, paying a flat rate for um, for movies. But here's a question, side note kind of question, and we can kind of wrap up movie news with this. And do you think more people would go to the movies if it was cheaper? If it was, if the industry, if the MPAA was like, all right, guys, we're going to make a law that says the max you can charge for a movie ticket is $5 in the U.S. Uh, do you think more or less people would go? Would that encourage yeah, I mean, people to actually go if it was five I, bucks? Yeah, I think people, I don't know that it would be like a groundswell of like. like economics <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 but sure. Like you mentioned families earlier. It, a couple of weeks ago, we have a friend who's uh, had a had a death in the family. And we, we took, they have a young son who's, who's my son's age, one of his, his better friends. We took him and uh, and kept him for a day or two just so, you know, that family could. Get things figured out. We took him and his buddy, my kid and his buddies, to the movies, and it cost me, after food and and everything, it cost me about one hundred and fifteen dollars. Like it was a it was a pretty steep setback. Um, so like, for and I know you know I have families at work who will. Uh, a few years ago, I took a bunch of kids, a bunch of families, to the movies as like an end of the year celebration thing. And I had families that come up to me and say, literally, like, we have never been to the movies before as a family because it's just too freaking expensive. So, like, there's a huge family market out there um, that could absolutely benefit from, you know, $5 tickets and, and <laughs> hope maybe cheaper concessions and all that good stuff. So, yes, I think people, I think more people will go. Would the money even out? I don't know about that. I don't, I, you know, ticket sales skyrocket, but the ticket is being sold for a half, sometimes yeah. a third of what it is right now. I, I don't know. I don't know if that evens out or not. 
What are your thoughts, Richard? Economics major? No, your English major, but it starts with an E. It's one of those E's, yeah. yeah. Liberal arts and the E. No, I actually have some. I have some economics coursework in my past. Few of those past the uh, freshman classes. Um, no, but uh, they. It's it's interesting. It's always um, it's always the opposite of what sometimes what you think. Um, that there's the psychological point of well, if you lower the cost of tickets. People don't think of it as as much of an event as it a fun event thing, and they do something else because sometimes there is a intrinsic want in our brains to spend money, and sometimes when you mm-hmm. lower the price, people don't. You know, you know what I mean? Um, but I think I would love there to be a, we have kind of the the dollar tier of theaters, yeah, and right. Right. we have like the expensive twelve dollar tier. I'd love for there to be like a middle tier where maybe it comes out two weeks after the major release instead of two months, like the dollar theater. Yeah. And that huh. would be like, this is the family theater. Sure. And it's $5. So if you, Hey, let's just kind of as a society do this, unless it's a kid's movie, kids movies are different, but like, Hey, uh, it's going to be 11 bucks. We're going to serve, you know, beer and wine and you know, the kind of the Alamo draft house bit. Um, and it's going to, uh, and then we're gonna have the movie on first day it's released. And then two weeks later, hey, it's going to be five fifty. Bring whoever. Mm-hmm. We won't even dim the theater. You can talk. You can play with Legos, <laughs> whatever. And uh, you know, this is for less serious, more passive movie watchers. And then the dollar theater um, is for um, old people with <laughs> nothing to do on a Tuesday. But um, but I would like to see something like that. That would be interesting to me. Yeah, but what if it's more the mentality of the say the the cc's pizza or the dollar hot dog night where it's a dollar i'm gonna buy 10 hot dogs even though you would mm-hmm. never yeah ever yeah. buy 10 hot dogs if they were right. normally priced is it that sense where all right everybody come on we're all going to the movies it's on me tonight that kind of thing and <laughs> it's just like rush a, to the dollar theater i mean i know they have later release but I mean, it's not like you know on Fifty Cent Tuesday. No, it's not in my like household, it's... we were it, when it was Dollar Theater. We would go. We would definitely wait. <laughs> I, know, for I mean, people to go, there go but it it's was... not like there's Dollar Theaters opening up on every corner and yeah. lines like the Apple Store on Fifty Cent Tuesdays. Yeah, like it. it but if it I was mean, Rogue a... One and they were showing it for a dollar, would it be though? So oh, for sure, for sure. And if it was five dollars, I think those theaters would do more. But I, like you said, Ken, if you pay. If you pay forty dollars to watch it at home, would you pay fifteen dollars to watch it in a smaller theater with like people that have, you know, are wearing muzzles and have their <laughs> shoes on? I would. Yeah, definitely. Come in muggles. This is a Harry Potter show. And check your cell phone in the locker outside the theater. Yeah, you know there used to be the the Grapevine Mills uh, AMC when they went to those. Uh, they went to eat in dine-in theaters, but then they also, I can't remember what it's called, a cinema, cinema suites, maybe yeah, something cinema like suite. that. It's like yeah. hardcore. These, you know, these seats are huge um, and they have all these perks that come with it. When they first opened that theater, and there's several others uh, across the country, when they, when they opened that set of theaters, it was a different experience because it was more expensive and that was like the very beginning of reserved seats and stuff. And so you're kind of your average moviegoer was balking at that price. I'm not going to go pay 15 or $16 to sit in that seat. I'm just going to go see it at, you know, like Fossil Creek 11 or something and, and it'll be fine. Um, and there was like a, sh- there's like a honeymoon period where that's where my wife and I went pretty much every time we saw a movie together, because 
nobody talked, nobody was on their cell phone. It just had like a, almost like a different clientele in a way. And now that has become so, uh, I don't know, generic at this point is it's so easy to find theaters that do that, that that has kind of gone away. Like even Alamo, we love Alamo. They're the best, but there's a lot of theaters that are doing similar stuff to what Alamo is doing. And so it's, it's not quite as much of a, as much of a treat, I guess. Yeah. almost great I, in actually enforcing rules. Yes. Of foolish behavior. 100%. Almost like, all, great and I understand yeah. it requires staffing, but like yeah. some theaters, it's like, don't, Hey, please be kind. Turn off your right. phone and don't yeah. talk. And then one guy's just like, screw you voice. <laughs> Right. I'm on Twitter right now, and it's like, oh, can someone please come in and throw, so I don't have to have a confrontation with this guy? Because I now this movie's ruined for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alamo is great because for me because it has really good food. Sure, it has such good like, and the pre-show and the whole atmosphere—that's the best. But what yeah. I, I've said before, and I've said multiple times on the show, and I don't, don't want to go on a tangent here because we need to wrap up and get to Fantastic Beasts, but. I don't like to dine in theater because everyone's talking the whole time. Same. It's too bright. I hate. That's I don't my, like a bright yeah. theater, and yeah. I don't like. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna need to uh, refill on my Mister Pib. Uh, yeah, large Mister. <laughs> can I get a side a carrot cake? <laughs> always Mister Pib. And it's always Mister Pib when you go to yeah. this bit, and I love it. And, and yeah. there's people always ordering and, and like complaining about their chicken fingers and stuff. Like mm. no, yeah. And I, and I don't want waiters coming in and out and like. I, I don't yeah. like the whole shuffling. I, Same. I, I want to watch I wish, and watch in silence and peace. Like if I yeah. do, that's what I wish. Being Alamo at home is so attractive to me. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I get that. I wish Alamo had like two screens that weren't nine in. They were just complete, but they yeah. enforced all the rules and did all the Alamo stuff. But you just had to order your food outside, or you can't bring food into this. Whatever, something. Because I, I'm the same way. I get tired of the the waiters and waitresses, and they do. At Alamo, they do it a thousand times better than any other dining theater, but you still have somebody crawling behind you or in front of you <laughs> like 20 yeah, times. Get, you know, yeah. I, can I get just a little more ranch? I just want more ranch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring, bring me three cookies, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, always the go to. Always get the cookies at Alamo. Side note. Oh, yeah. Talk about cookies, bro. Yeah. Incredible. All right. So let's take a break. Let's welcome our guest and talk Harry Potter stuff. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. 
I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Guys. Okay. So we are joined by our special friend, Patrick Sansbury tonight. And it's been a long time coming, Patrick. Finally, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you. It's good. Uh, so tell us how you're here tonight. It's an interesting story, I guess. Definitely an interesting yeah. story. At the time, my girlfriend, now wife, she... Uh, hey, congratulations. Oh, appreciate it. Um, she knew that I was a big fan. I've been a big fan probably a couple of years now. And then once we started dating, I would, I guess, make her listen with me. It was more <laughs> along the lines of... I would. I would play it either in the car or at home. And no, it's making. Just, yeah. Yeah, she just kind of <laughs> put up with it. And then she started to get into it once she kind of like picked up on y'all's humor. And uh, so she's into it. And then she knew I was a big fan. And then for a present, she didn't even tell me. She just did it and told me afterwards that she donated the money for me to come on the show. And yeah. And Boom. then we were talking about uh, movies that I'd want to come on for. And this was definitely the one I'd want to. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. And um, I'm glad you wifed her up because she uh, is <laughs> definitely worth wifing. But that is, that's really cool. And thanks for being here. And thanks for listening to the show all those years. And uh, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Now, for real, uh, welcome aboard. And Fantastic Beasts. Um, why was this one that you, um, you had circled? And uh, before we do that, I do have two things to ask you. And that is, one, have you seen Now You See Me? Oh, I have. I've seen both of them. Oh, congratulations. You're still here. <laughs> you're still with us. You, you made, made it, it man. Yeah, you're good. Anything in yeah, life that life like throws I, at you. If I can make it through those movies, I can make it through any movie. Yep, exactly. <laughs> make it through anything, let alone any yeah. movie. Yeah. Any, anything. So that's good. I've, I've got a tip for you, Patrick. You have to watch them again. Um Press your I, nose to the screen. I haven't watched. I've only watched them one time, but okay. I did watch uh, YouTube did that uh, everything wrong with, and I felt like I watched the movie all over again. <laughs> everything wrong with now you see me. That's a good. Yeah, that's a was, recommend. Yeah, it yeah. was two hours long. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah, 90. it was one of the longest ones I've seen. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It's like ninety-five <laughs> things or something that they point out. Um, yeah, that's great. It, it was ridiculous. Okay, so that's cool. And uh, one last question is: Have you seen MacGruber? I have. I was uh watched it when I was on SNL, then I saw the movie and um I listened to that podcast. Actually my favorite podcast of y'all's is definitely it's the draft day one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask draft day, but I figured I'd ask McGruber. But so you, yeah, I'm, you saw I'm a big sports day? fan. Uh-huh. I, I unfortunately did. I'm a big sports fan and I I guess I used to be a Kevin Costner fan. <laughs> but uh, God, that movie that movie was absolutely it was brutal and then <laughs> Just listening to y'all rip into it was just, I, w- I was dying. It was uh, hilarious. That's funny. That's great. Draft Thank you. day certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Just <laughs> yeah. Put that side note. There. Yeah, side note. 
Uh, so sports fan, you a obviously Cowboys fan, right? I mean, who has uh, right? Panther, Panthers fan? I'm from South Carolina. Oh, uh, keep pounding, right? Hashtag keep pounding. <laughs> We're going to get there. You are. You did get there. Uh, we'll, we will see how that goes, but we appreciate you joining us and uh, fantastic beast again. And uh, I'm assuming you're a big Harry Potter fan then, if you decided for this one to be the one. I am a uh, big Harry Potter fan, you know, did read all the books, saw the movies when they came out. And um, yeah, so I was really excited once, you know, the announcement came out that they were going to do this movie, you know, went yeah. from one movie to three movies, five movies, or however many they decided to make. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, this was definitely the one for me, and um, I'm definitely glad I went and saw it and get a chance to come on and talk about it. Yeah. Back me up. I mean, kind of give me some background on this, guys. Uh, so was this a short story? Was this kind of a side story to Harry Potter that they spun off into a movie? Was this like, okay, no, I'm not going to write any more books, but I want to do more movies, so I'm just going to write movies now, J.K. Yeah. Rowling? Like, how does that, what's the background of Fantastic Beasts? It's, Beast it's kind of a a culmination of all that you just said in the third movie and in the book, uh, she references it. There's a book that, uh, that Harry Potter and his classmates have to have to purchase for class called fantastic beasts and where to find them. And so that's pretty much the only, I mean, that's all it is in the original, uh, canon of, of books or movies. So this is kind of just a, after she got done writing Harry Potter, she wrote several, short stories and little books and things like that just are kind of have nothing to do with Harry Potter. Casual just Vacancy, isn't that uh, that like Showtime series <laughs> yeah. or something? Ca- casual, yes, but it's that's not connected in, in any way, shape, or form uh, that we know of. It could turn out to be that the Casual Vacancy is actually some sort of wizard organization. I don't know, but uh, it, as far as I know, that's not connected. But there's a like series of, of shorter books that are just kind of like within the world of Harry Potter without actually – being attached to Harry Potter. And so that's how this one, like that's how this one's gray is one. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually love. any book you can think of uh, surprisingly is attached to Harry Potter in some way or other. <laughs> George Takai's autobiography. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Yep. Textbooks, old textbooks. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so tell me for me, not knowing much about it. Um, Say I was going into this movie, Brian, what would you have said, or um, Richard, chime in on this, everybody, uh, Patrick, what what would you have say I needed to know to go into this movie about Harry Potter? Like, oh, well, these people are called the, you know, what what kind of background would I have needed to have in order to make this more uh, enjoyable? Because, again, I, I didn't know. All I knew was that Harry Potter existed. That was really the really it. And Hogwarts was the school. So, you know, the basic knowledge. Yeah, somebody go. I'll I'll chime in as we go. Uh Richard, yeah. Yeah, I mean my my knowledge of 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 HP, I'm going to throw to Patrick here in a second cuz we all want to hear his his thoughts on this the most. But, you know, uh, of this universe is I've seen all the movies, I haven't read the books. So, I'm like kind of the in between between uh between uh Brian and and Kent on this. Um and so I, I really the the uh, Harry Potter movies are probably some of the most fun I've had in a in a theater, especially the last uh, you know four or five of them uh, that I've had in theater in my like life. I mean, I, I, they're great, and but I I don't revisit them too often because I don't revisit anything too often except for like um, Major League and old episodes, of Parks and Rec. That's about it. Um, 
so uh you know it, when it gets down to the minutiae I, I mean i was aware of uh this kind of story i love the uh i was really pumped the more i read about it as we came out the kind of the time that it took place in because i think this this the harry potter what it doesn't get enough credit for and i understand why because it's such a so far it's been such a small story um or you know at least in terms of uh you know who it's focused on but it's such a great the coolest stuff they do is the alternate reality play of this mm-hmm. kind of other mm-hmm. other world of magic that exists not really far from ours but parallel to ours and uh this further established that which is my favorite thing about it but patrick we'll, we'll throw to you on on that yeah it's actually pretty rare for actually meet someone who doesn't really know much about harry potter mm-hmm. I've, I've heard y'all talk about it before how can how you yeah. never read the books or movies which is pretty yeah. shocking and impressive in itself I, I i don't i mean every time i say that to somebody they're like what yeah. i'm like i it's just like a to me it's just another franchise you know it, to me it's like a divergent it's like okay you know i haven't seen oh, divergent i'm gonna Joe fight you now no yeah you, yeah we're all coming to your house i, I realize it's, i realize it's bigger than that and there are theme parks and all that but to me i mean that's how i've kind of kind of viewed it growing up was just like a book series that there's a fan base for and that's great and like twilight and all that you know that's great yeah. um i just yeah. never it, it was i got into some i got into lord of the rings and all that it's not like the subject matter that uh, scares me off. It's just like the timing of it all, I guess, is what did it. Yeah, but, you've got Divergent, Twilight, Maze Runner, all those things, but mm-hmm. you know, they're not they're not the Harry Potter series at all. Yeah, totally. Um, but like as I was watching when y'all were talking a second, I started to list a few things. But I don't think you actually need a background to go in and watch this movie, and you you wouldn't be confused watching this movie. Uh-huh. They bring up a couple of terms. They talk about Hogwarts and Muggles and Dumbledore, but they explain it. As if, and I think that's probably what the producers were trying to do was, if you had someone come off the street that never seen Harry Potter, you could all walk seven in. of you, all seven all of you in you. the world, yeah. <laughs> you could come off, watch these movies, and and pick up pretty quick, and you know, dive into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's get let's get into general thoughts right now um, before we dive too deep into this. Um, general thoughts for me, uh, this was fine. Uh, perfectly enjoyable family film, I thought. Um, some creative CGI, some interesting character designs, and uh, definitely a universe that's uh, unpredictable. You don't know when somebody's going to take off a mask, so to speak, and be somebody completely else. You don't know. Just be somebody completely else. You don't know um, who's a wizard, who's not a wizard. You don't know if walls are going to completely disappear. And in that sense, it's a very intriguing world. So. Harry Potter world is the same as that, then I think uh, I can understand the appeal. But uh, for me, yeah, just perfectly fine, enjoyable. It, to me, this was like, uh, you know, Hunger Games uh, level of enjoyment. Just, you know, just a fun kind of theater experience. Don't know how much I'll revisit it after the fact, but I have a respect for what it is and what it accomplished. And I have some other thoughts on the acting and story and all that. But just overall, I would say I was entertained uh, during this. So it wasn't wasn't really let down or anything um but my grade will tell you where i really fall on it uh, at the end of the review but that's just my mm-hmm. general thoughts but as somebody who had high expectations brian started off what what did you genuinely think of this yeah i was pretty high on this coming in and i'm i love this universe so much this was in my top harry potter movies are in my top uh i think five i think it was number five on my top 10 list of all time when we 
we did that list, I don't know, 700 episodes ago now, it seems like. Um, I don't want to get too far into just Harry Potter talk because at least Richard and I are going to do an episode on that in the, in the near future. Maybe we get you in on that too, Ken. I've tried watching uh, them. I'm at the – I'm – Literally 20 minutes into the second movie. And there we go. All right. That's Only as far four, as I am. So 400 I got, hours I got to go. seven cool. hours to go or seven <laughs> movies to go, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I good. will say, it's Kent, good. I don't even really like the first two that much. Yeah. The Chris yeah. Columbus ones. They really take off with the uh, kids. Movies, those first. Yeah. yeah. Like when, is that what I'm going to say to right? Alfonso? What, and then who does the third Order one? The Phoenix? Yeah. No, that's that's uh, the fifth Prisoner one. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Azkaban. Okay. Azkaban. Yeah, but it's it's what's the name? Goblet of Fire, whatever. Alfonso Curran. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Now I'm a pro. Um, that one, that one takes it in a whole other like, direction. Oh, that's yeah. and that was the first one I saw, and I was like, Whoa, "Okay, they're awesome." And then I went back and watched the first two. Was like, "Well, these are not that great. They're mm-hmm. just okay." Mm-hmm. And then yeah. everyone from them then out was blew my mind. Yeah. Totally. So my expectation, I tried to temper because I, like you just said, Richard, the, the Harry Potter franchise doesn't start out all that well. Movies or books, you know, the first two books are kind of, eh, they're okay. They're enjoyable, but they're not um, anything. If they stopped after two, they would not have, you know, 1% of the cultural sway that they do now. Um, So I was like, look, they've got to lay a foundation. That's always an expectation. But in the same time, you know, Force Awakens has kind of ruined movies for us in in a way because that that was such a difficult, a a high degree of difficulty, and they pulled it off so well. And so you you kind of have in the back of your head of like, well, but force awakens did this. So it could maybe potentially be, um, I tempered it as much as I could. I will not say that I was disappointed with this movie. It's it for me is going to be, if I compare it to the, the eight Harry Potter or seven plus Harry Potter movies, it would be pretty low on that spectrum. I don't, it doesn't have the same, uh, level of, of crispness. And I think that's a big part of what makes Harry Potter tick is there's no sloppiness whatsoever. Everything makes sense. Everything is so incredibly well thought out from start to finish book one to book seven, movie one to movie eight. Um, that's kind of lacking. And I think the characters are a lot more bland than I was expecting that. And that's another part of Harry Potter that I've, that I've always loved is the, the richness of every character, whether they are, the star or their 15th down the line, you, you have a real sense of like who these people are and um, what their goals are, what their lot in life is, et cetera, et cetera. And that I think is, is somewhat missing, missing from this one. It looks great. Um, it's a, I think it's a more than anything else. I think it's a very good foundation for four more plus movies to come. And I think I will enjoy it more on second or third viewing or whatever. For my first viewing, I, I, I kind of kept jumping back and forth between trying to watch it with no expectation and just completely fresh eyes and drifting into like almost subconscious comparison to, to what I really love about the Harry Potter movies and, and that whole universe. And so it was a, it's kind of an odd experience in the theater um, that I, I think it's a perfectly fine movie, and I wish that it was more than that, I guess. Yeah, Richard. Richard, Barton. I was having I, I was having a sneeze attack, so I opted to uh, remove the microphone from the scene Appreciate of the crime. Um, yeah, so I I I'm, I'm with Brian a bit on this. I would say it's not. I wasn't as um. They're not like kid movies like the first two Harry Potters, and they're not as very good as the last few. What was the? I, uh, Brian, you're gonna have to help me here. 
Mm-hmm. The um, because there's no way I could Google this. This is impossible information to find. <laughs> what was the one? What was the Harry Potter with Robert Pattinson where they're like in that maze? Thing Gob- Goblet of Fire. Yeah. yeah, it was about on par with that one. If mm-hmm. I had to like rank it with um, at least in my book, um, it it was a fun, fine kind of winter blockbuster. I like winter blockbuster movies. I like the feel of them. Um, mm-hmm. when they're just a little bit darker, but still kind of grand and scope. And it was it was good. I think um, some of the casting was great. And Brian, I know you had some issues with Redmayne. Um, mm-hmm. Could you know? Was he good? Yeah, he was fine. He was he was he was good. But there, we we are in no shortage of fine young British actors. And I would there's right. others I would have chosen over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but this was I I would. Here's how I rank everything. I do, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I do a movie podcast. And I always think, like, would I go see another one of these if I didn't have a movie, if I didn't have to do a show on it? Mm-hmm. And I think I would. Like, I liked it enough sure. where I'm interested in the world. And so it gets a decent, it gets a good grade from me on that because I can't say that for, my, for, for most things we, we do, that we see. So, um, yeah, no, I thought it was, it was, I, I, the perfect word for it is it was a, a good to, it's a very good movie, but not above that. Actually, what about you? Interested to hear your thoughts. I think for me, over, like the overall, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, some of the things y'all talked about, I had this one obviously high on my list for the year, and I, it didn't disappoint overall. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought I thought Eddie Redmayne, y'all talking about bland characters, I thought Eddie Redmayne was, I, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was the perfect choice, like thinking about all the British actors out there. And I was reading about him. He'd wanted to be in a Harry Potter movie for a while. He actually auditioned to be a Weasley and got turned down. Mm. And so he was he was excited to get on and I had a couple of problems with him. He mumbled a lot throughout the movie. Yeah. And I couldn't understand some of the time he talked. It, that kind of bothered me. I was like, what? I almost needed subtitles some of the time while I was talking. But him and then Dan Fogler, mm-hmm. Jacob, the Nomad, I thought those two characters were both excellent i did think the other characters were kind of dull the female lead yeah she was, she was kind of dull throughout and but overall it was high on my list i think when i rank it if i rank it compared to the other eight harry potter movies it's it's ahead of the first two movies and i hated goblet of fire movies so it would probably be ahead of that as well mm. but i like the fact that you know it was kind of more adult themed yeah, yeah. Throughout, kind of compared to kind of like the last two movies. I liked how um, just the darker side. And then you could actually tell like the difference in writing. You could tell, I could tell it was like JK's writing, like with the humor throughout. Mm-hmm. And so I thought she did an excellent job and she was clever. That's interesting. And oh. um, yeah, those are general thoughts right there. Okay. Yeah. And I I have the those general thoughts too. Um. How did you guys feel it was paced? Um, did you feel it was too slow at the beginning, uh, the introduction to these new people? Um, I I was with a friend, and she said she uh, she couldn't get into it the first bit. It took her a while to kind of get going. Did you guys have those same sentiments, I guess? I did. I I think part of it is like, I don't know. I Eddie Redmayne is a very good actor, and I'm I wouldn't take anything away from him. I do think, I think part of his thing, and I guess what what bothers me with him is I feel like so much of what he does, whether it's this movie or Theory of Everything or Danish Girl or or whatever else he's in, so much of what he does is based on his charm. And I don't, 
I just don't find him charming. It doesn't mean that I don't think he's good or, um, you know, talented or whatever, but he just, something about him just doesn't work for me as a lead. I enjoy him when he is the supporting actor. He's great in like Les Mis, stuff like that. I mean, he's, a, I think he's a very, very, I think he's a guy who could win multiple supporting actor Oscars. I don't, I just, I don't know what it is about him, but there's just something that makes me, I'm just not interested in him on screen as the lead. And so when I'm adding that into, you know, this is, this is tough to lay foundation for a huge franchise is difficult. I don't think this is the best script ever. And, um, one of my friends said she, she kind of wished that JK would have written a, a book or at least a story and then had somebody, uh, adapt it to the screen. And, and that, Maybe that would work. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Regardless, um, I think the combination of the writing for him and then his performance, it didn't necessarily bother me, but it, it did kind of bore me. Like, I just wasn't, I just wasn't interested in what he was doing. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. Excuse me. That uh, kind of what you mentioned, Patrick, like Kate Watterson was not very good and her character is not very well written either and, or given much to do. And so for so much of that first hour or whatnot, when you're not in the world of like seeing the, the creatures and, and such just kind of the setup for the characters is those two kind of just talking at each other. And it, it's uncomfortable and I think it's supposed to be awkward, but it doesn't work in any, for me, it didn't work in any kind of a, an enjoyable or a charming kind of way. It just was like two, two kind of blank characters jabbering at each other for for 30 minutes 45 minutes or whatever and that i don't know if that's pacing to your point kent or if it's just um the develop the, the establishment of characters that would that took me a long time to get through i think once the movie got going i was totally in but there was so much at the beginning that i just was like it's not necessarily i want to fast forward through it i just wanted i wanted it to be tighter i wanted it to be written and put to screen in a more Harry Potter-esque way, I guess. But that's part of it too is, and it speaks to Patrick Patrick's point, that's that's novelist pacing versus screenwriter's mm-hmm. pacing. Sure, sure, yeah. And sometimes, you know, obviously J.K. Rowling can write a Harry Potter movie anytime she wants. She invented the universe. But sometimes mm-hmm. just knowing the little t- the tricks and tips of, of, of pacing probably would have helped sure. a little bit. Because with a novel, you can just, well, make it 900 pages and people will Mm-hmm. There's precedent for that, but with you know, with movies we expect something else. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. What did you guys think of the characters? I I agree with Patrick in the fact that I like the supporting characters a lot more than Eddie Same. Redmayne yep. here. I thought Dan yeah. Fogel, uh, Dan Fogler was great in this Agre- as Jacob, yeah. and he really was the protagonist in my eyes of this movie more than more so than Eddie Redmayne was. Eddie Redmayne's mm-hmm. kind of taking you through this taking you on this weird journey, but you're kind of experiencing it through Jacob's perspective. And I thought he did a great job of kind of that fish out of water in this magical land. And, uh, and at the end is he really shines and we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, I thought he was great. Uh, I thought, uh, Catherine Watterson was fine. Uh, what did we think about the antagonist though? On the other side of it, the Colin Farrell, the Samantha Morton, the Ron Perlman's, the John Voight's, uh, what did we think of that whole thing? I mean, you guys are Colin Farrell fans. You've said on mm-hmm. the uh, on the record multiple times, and you, you guys were, I remember perking up when you heard he was cast in this movie. Did he live up to your expectations of what he would bring to Harry Potter? 
or this universe. I thought uh, he was. Ahead, I thought he was underutilized. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to get into spoilers yet. But as it as it goes, I think it even further exploited my feeling of like, gosh, you had freaking Colin Farrell, and I feel like that's the story of his career in some ways. Of like, hey, that was a pretty good choice. Oh, that that didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. Quite. It's it's almost like a John Krasinski sort of thing of like, not quite to that level, but I think he is an incredible actor, and still to this, you know, we're almost through this year what he did in the lobster is one of my i don't know five the five best performances i've seen this year like he's he's capable of incredible stuff and he can be really good in a blockbuster kind of movie i just i i thought he was fine i thought the character was only okay and i thought the way that they used him was kind of it was just lacking for what you have when you have something like that to use and you can't figure out how to get him on screen more and give him give his character a little bit more of like motivation. I, I don't know that that was to me, that was a miss and that's a, that's a real bummer. Cause I, you know, I love Colin Farrell. Yeah. Any thoughts, Richard? About Still it? ride for Farrell forever. Totally, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was fine. And we'll get into momentarily the most disappointing part <laughs> of Farrell's turn. But Patrick, what'd you think? I was like, I mean, I'm a big Colin Farrell fan. I thought, you know, you Colin Farrell, you either get, like, The Lobster, which is, like, all-time great performance. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that, but he wasn't, like, bullseye when he was in Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't, like, that yeah. bad. Coked sure. up Colin Farrell. That was a great <laughs> era. But I thought he was, I don't know, there's some irony there about a British actor in a British movie playing an American. That was like, okay. Yeah, sure. But, uh, I mean, he was fine. He didn't really, he, he, I didn't feel like it was Colin Farrell. It could have been any villain. I was just like, he was fine. There was a, I want to say one thing about, y'all talked about pacing. I talked about it with my wife, and we both agreed the movie took off when he finally went into the suitcase. Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%. That was the, the, the other previous 34 or 5 minutes was pretty boring, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was good. But, yeah, with Colin Farrell, I thought he was fine. The president, she was fine. But, I mean, my favorite was... Jacob, he—I thought he was actually kind of like almost like the main character, even though they tried to make him like a minor character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I kind of felt like he was the main guy, and he—I think he stole yeah. the show. Yeah, him and him and Queenie were to me were easily the best, <laughs> at least character-wise, were the best parts of the movie. I was—I really enjoyed them on screen much more so than I enjoyed uh, Redmayne and 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 Watterson. One of my favorite sequence of the film was when they go over to Queenie's apartment for the for the first time. She's making the strudel or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know, and she's just kind of showcasing the magic to him who has never really seen it before. And they're just kind of things are happening around the apartment that are magical. I, that's what, that's what I kind of, I guess I can see the appeal in Harry Potter as, as far as that goes. And it's just like, uh, like I mentioned before, the unpredictableness of the world, um, is what we really like. But speaking of plot, what did you guys think of the plot? Did it, measure up to what you thought it would be? Was it more by the books than you thought? Um, kind of break it down, Brian or Richard or whoever, um, this plot. Yeah. Yeah. How this I mean, relates to everything. I mean, I, I get how know. it relates, relates to everything. And I, I think you'll see, I think what they're doing here, maybe to varying degrees of success is, is making this to where you can appreciate these and like, um, Patrick and Richard, you guys have both seen the movies. Patrick, you've read the books. I've read the books. Like, 
we can kind of see how this all ties together from the start, I think. Not from the start of this movie, but from the, you know, from this movie on, I think we see how it all goes together, right? Um, I think that they're trying to kind of straddle the line between having that ability, like having that play out for those of us who've read the books and seen the previous movies and are, you know, super into this thing. And also without without alienating people who are only going to see this franchise or at least have only seen this this franchise to you know to to date i think you can kind of see um the just kind of the general outline of what's what's to come whereas maybe those of us who've read and seen the other movies maybe we can see like a little bit further ahead or or maybe we can see you know, like A to Z and you can only see A to D. I don't know. Like, it, I, I think they're trying to to find that like this happy medium between those two groups of people to where um, everybody can find something they can enjoy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does for me. Like, as I was watching, you see certain plots. I was doing that. I was thinking, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to sure. happen. From my knowledge from the books, I was like, oh, yeah, this next movie, this is going to happen. You can you can almost start writing two, three movies down, some of the big key things that are going to happen mm-hmm. that you know they're just going to throw in there. And maybe that's an advantage the readers have. But, um, yeah, that was one of the big things I could see. So I get what you're saying on that. Yeah, how... Um, are there any characters here that we're supposed to maybe take a closer eye on that we think are going to kind of carry over into the next of these series? Uh, I guess we should kind of go to spoiler territory right now. Okay. As far as uh, as that is concerned. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's do okay. it. Uh, spoilers coming up now for Fantastic Beasts. Go see it. Come back to us and enjoy the rest of this. But um, as far as a big reveal, uh, how does this kind of how does this kind of relate? And is this somebody we were supposed to know? Um. So I guess when the antagonist is finally caught is when um when Colin Farrell's character is finally um put to justice, if that makes sense, um he transforms into mm-hmm. Johnny Depp. And I literally <laughs> hold on. What hold on Patrick, what scarf are you wearing? <laughs> I I literally yeah, said to my friend at the time, I, I think I literally said, what the F? Like, out loud in the theater. I, I was like, is that Johnny? Because I I mean, we didn't, we, that was kind of kept yeah. under wraps as far as I Kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? It comes yeah. out of nowhere, you, did, and it's like, why you guys is know it was the end? And, and I had no I, idea it was I, coming, I, and, and, and I'm just thinking, I was like, so he's going to do Harry Potter movies now? Like, why would he do another <laughs> franchise after Alice in Wonderland and Pirates of the Caribbean? I mean, straight cash, I understand, but like, it was just so confusing, and I just thought, like, was he in Harry Potter? Is that why he's in here? Or like, I it was it was very jarring. It took his, me out of it. His character is is in Harry Potter in the later books. Mm-hmm. They talk about him because he's going to, and like I said, talk about predicting these future movies. Right? His we're we're not done with Johnny Depp. We're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see him in a big role, probably two, three, two, three mm-hmm. of these movies going forward. Yeah. And I knew he signed on to do it. And I knew who he was. He's, you know, the dark wizard. But I didn't know he was going to be in this movie. Yeah. And when I when I saw him, I was I was disappointed. He's supposed to be the most <laughs> most yeah. powerful wizard besides Voldemort, right? Yeah. So his deal is he is 
to go not to go too far into to the book lore, but because he's let's not go, really in the, the movies lore. a whole lot. Um, We're in spoilers. You know, get your wand out here. Uh, he Hold on, is... let me deal my cards out real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is Dumbledore's um, foe or or uh, rival, I guess. It, when they are when Dumbledore and Grindelwald are young, they're buddies, and uh, they have a falling out over the the death of of uh of Dumbledore's sister and uh they they're gonna go on separate paths Dumbledore goes to become you know the greatest good wizard of all time and and uh Grindelwald goes on to be the this great dark force and so uh eventually and this is talked about in the books but never like fully delved into eventually Dumbledore goes and and battles Grindelwald um to you know kind of restore i love a good wizard restore. fight best yeah. part of fellowship of the ring when the two wizards <laughs> totally. fight <laughs> totally who doesn't who doesn't um so that's kind of where we're headed uh i saw today that there's five of these movies the timeline would have this play out through over the course of like i think 19 years and end in somewhere around 1945 which is which is uh according to the books is supposedly like when Dumbledore and and Grindelwald had their big epic battle. So, like, you can kind of map out where this is headed over the course of the next. Any rumors on who's playing the the doors? I have not seen any rumors. I've seen tons and tons of you know speculation and people hoping for this or that. Um, It's it's not going to be Michael Gambon. Yeah, it's not going to be him. Yeah, they're going to go younger. Good call Um, there. (laughs) But may (laughs) but maybe not a lot younger because uh, at this time, like, I mean. I guess by the books, I mean, he would be probably in his 40s to 50s by this point anyway, so or close to it anyway. So some names I've like I've seen all over the map, like Ewan McGregor and Michael Fassbender all the way down to uh, like Ben Wishaw, who plays Q in the the Bond movies, um, which I don't really see, but you know that's fine. Um, th- it's kind of all over the map. There's kind of an open casting call at this point. I mean, I had an idea. I okay. Know, I mean, I, y'all probably on the y'all probably on you know board for this, but Woody Harrelson from Now You See Me <laughs> has oh, been crossover the universe. Which, also, yeah. which Woody Harrelson, him or his brother? Yeah, which one? His brother, yeah. of course. Oh man, the evil twin. Perfect. Ah, perfect. The dark wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what if they? What if this all crosses with the eye at some point? Fantastic <laughs> Beasts. J. Daniel Atlas it. just uh, reveals himself in this. It was the eye the whole time, guys. <laughs> so I guess Eddie Redman is a point of him. I mean, I've read that he's really not going to be involved going forward much more, which is pleasing to me. I, I'm kind of with you, Brian. I find I kind of find him found him. Uh, not annoying, but just like I just don't get it what he was going for mm-hmm. here. I, I get it, but I also don't, you know. You get uh, what he's going for, but he's going for, for it for just me, doesn't work for me. Exactly. That's yeah. what I that's what I said coming out. Like I get what he's going for, but it it doesn't hit for it's he's not going it's not for the it doesn't kind work. of introverted, fumbling, bumbling yes. kind of yes. it doesn't work. I mean, it felt like Andrew Garfield trying to be Peter Parker and like stutter and like I, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I get it, but I don't. At the same time, sure. and I to agree. me, it kind of felt Jupiter ascending ish. I mean, not near to the extent that Red Main was in that, so, but I mean, like, the bold statement, just kind of, just kind of is, like, you're okay, this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna yeah. do it the whole movie. Sorry if you don't like it, you know, uh, that kind of deal. 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Now Go this ahead, is Depp's still Depp's same character from from Mordecai, right? So how is he going to work? <laughs> yes, he did have yeah. white face paint on, though. Did you notice? Of course, of course. Immediately you notice it. That's like he slaps that on from 12, the trailer. Yeah, that he has gotta done be, that. In. Gotta have it. You think maybe like in the gets high late, off the fumes. Yeah, maybe in like the late nineties, he bought the world's entire supply of white face paint, and that's just Which how is- he. Gets points on the back end, essentially. Like, he just doubles down on, like, well, got to have Facebook. You're going to have to buy the, it from me. Maybe he's got stocks. He, you know, yeah. he may have shares of, like, the white, white face paint company. Yeah, all of them. And yeah. he's just making, basically, just doubling you know, up on movie his company. Yeah. 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 He might be a genius. Yeah, maybe. When, when Dark Shadows 2 comes out, he's going to be laughing <laughs> all the way to the bank. <laughs> that one blows up all the hot topics. Yeah. They're going to be begging for that face the CEO, The CEO of Hot Topic was so pumped when he saw Fantastic Beast, Beast of this weekend. <laughs> he was. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're exactly. back in business, baby. <laughs> exactly. So does we this, did it. Outside of Redmayne, who, like we said, is probably not going to be involved, um, are there any characters to follow anymore? With this, I uh, think Johnny what you're going to see evil. Yeah, so yeah, not that's, him. that's the big one. You're going to see young Dumbledore at some point. I think you're going to see like kind of a, a phase out. Essentially, you're going to get. I I saw J.K. Rowling herself said that that uh, Foger or uh, excuse me, Jacob and Queenie are going to be part a big part of the next one. And I, so I kind of imagine that the main cast of this one's going to be the central focus of the next film, and you're just going to slowly have it phase out towards just being all all in on Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald. The first bit of the movie just feel like there were just CGI creatures, and they're just chasing them for 40 minutes. Is that <laughs> what, kind of what it... I mean, it felt honestly kind of like a mm-hmm. PBS kid show. For, for <laughs> You know what I mean? I liked I liked Niffler the little thing that he's chasing throughout. I thought that was a that was I enjoyed that bit at least. It was you know it was kind of a cool deal. But yes, I think I think what the deal is for me was um, <laughs> I felt like they kind of went out of their way to try to justify titling this entire franchise Fantastic Beasts and where to find them <laughs> instead of like so they had to have Harry Potter spinoff. You know? um, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly because. As this series goes on, clearly the beasts are going to have less and less to do with the central focus of what's happening, and that's fine. But I felt like this go around, it was like, hey, we got to make sure that we have Eddie Redmayne do a really weird mating dance with this huge <laughs> rhino thing. That's really important to us to get on screen. You know, it was just kind of an yeah. odd. I don't. Th- yeah, I wonder if I guess they probably won't keep these titles. They'll have like each one will have its own weird. Title. One will be called Fantastic no. Beasts and Where to Find Them. One will be called Fantastic Beasts something else, probably, right? Yeah. Fantastic Beasts. I, I heard today that, yes, to that it's gonna be it's gonna be Fantastic Beasts colon, you know, okay. whatever from now on. Which is like it's fine, but it does it does make not a lot of sense as until, this yeah. fran- at least as far as what their plans for the franchise go. Until, so they're not gonna know, go Grinderwald v Dumbledore with the alien v predator pose. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. For the fifth one. Yeah, the second like one really is fat logo. Yeah. Second one is two fantastic two beasts. <laughs> and then they just have fantastic is the next one. Yeah. The, fantastic. They want to reboot it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Beast Four for uh <laughs> Beast and Out. Yeah. Um so any other thoughts on this, guys? Uh I feel like I've ca- hogged the conversation even though I 
don't care about this at all, and you guys care about <laughs> oh, it a lot, and yeah, you haven't said much. So um, I, I'm free to have the floor from now on. Can't I'm curious as somebody who has almost no background with this whatsoever. Were you, I guess, a were you able to follow along? Were you lost at any point? And b kind of give you, I'll give you the Richard question. Like, is this some? Is this a? Well, does this make you want to get more in more in depth into this universe, or is it just? I'll watch these movies because I'm on a movie podcast. I, I think it's the latter, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, uh, it was perfectly easy to follow because all I needed to know was, okay, those are fantastic beasts. I see them. <laughs> okay, that's great. I knew Redmayne was the good guy. I knew the and I mean the bad guys were black, so I knew they were the bad guys, and so it was easy to follow along. Honestly, like I said, kind of a family friendly movie. Um, your kids kind of understand loosely what's going on here there's enough for the adults to enjoy as far as the uh humor dares concerned and um so it was fine you know uh, i think my grade will kind of show that but i want to talk about the ending because uh that's where this movie really could have won me over more mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it failed to or what it could have won me over and it almost did is when they kind of come back to new york city from the land of fantastic beasts or wherever they were. And Jacob walks back into the city and kisses Queenie and then opens his eyes and she's gone and everybody's gone. You know, Redmayne's gone, everybody. And he just turns around and walks like it back into his life. You know, mm-hmm. the movie should have ended right there. I, I, I was actually floored at, that that wasn't the ending. Cause it was so perfect. You know, I always I wanted Jacob at the end. I wanted the ending to be he never he doesn't know if it was ever real or, you know, if any of it ever really ever happened, you know? Like mm-hmm. did I just mm-hmm. imagine that? Did did that really happen? Is there really a re- magic realm? We just don't know, you know, cuz he's back in New York and he's just walking away in the rain and that's it, you know. And it, it leaves this big era mystery. But we do kind of get the epilogue at the end where he opens the bakery and has the Happy ending with Queenie and they're kissing and it's, uh, you know, it's like, they didn't, they played it way too safe at the end by doing the epilogue, I think. I think they could have ended it so abruptly at the end. He opens his eyes, he doesn't see anyone, he turns around, and that's the end, you know? I would have, I would have actually applauded at the end if that had been it, but (laughs) it really missed opportunity for me, big time, big time at the end. What did you, how did you guys feel it was wrapped up? I thought with that, you, I think with that ending, because I thought they were going to end it in the rain too. Mm-hmm. But when they didn't, I was like, okay, that's that's J.K. Rowling right there. Yeah, she she wouldn't end it like that. She needed where you can see them again, the goodbye at the boat, which I never understood why he even took a boat back and forth with his <laughs> magic. That yeah. confused me. But um, and then the bakery scene, I could tell that. You know, maybe she had a discussion with the producers about how to end it. And she probably won that battle and said, no, that's not how I want to end it. I want to end it. It felt like a book ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's sad because I wanted a movie ending, you know. I mean, it was so, <laughs> it was such a perfect moment. Like, I, I don't even care about this at all. But at that moment, I was like, wow, beautiful acting, execution. It was played perfectly. The rain, everything, you know. And... And then I was just like, ugh, when in the, the donut shop and the whole, the, I was just, no, ugh. 
it just soured me on this kind of forever. Mm. Not forever, but just leaving the theater, I was I was like, I don't want to watch another one of those for a bit. It didn't leave me on the edge of my seat, I guess, if sure. that like it would have. Um, but Brian, Richard, how did you guys think it ended? Satisfied? No. Done. Yeah, I was fine I mean, with it. I thought it yeah, was Yeah, I mean it it's fitting. it's setting up. So yeah, yeah, I mean if I if I would have been a little annoyed if I if I didn't know there was four more of these coming, but I sure, sure. the the yeah. loose ends I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that they'll they'll be uh, they'll be tightened, so to speak. Sure. All right. So we're gonna hit grades here. If you guys have any other closing thoughts, gather them now. And I will give my grade of a B plus for this. It was fine. Uh and uh, I guess it's a little above average as far as the visuals and production design are concerned. So gets my vote mm-hmm. there. So B plus. Brian. Yeah, I'm right with you, Kent. I'll give it a B plus, which for me would put it hmm, above probably the first two Harry Potter movies and and maybe that's that's it. Um I'm excited for where it can go. I think it's a really good foundation for building further. I hope that we can kind of tighten up the storylines and um, kind of reduce some of that sloppiness. And, and, and I'm, I'm hopeful that the next batch of casting has a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say risk to it because movie, big movies are not in the business of taking risk, but just, I don't know, like can kind of fit this universe just a little bit more. I'd, I'd like to see that moving forward. Cause, cause Eddie Redmayne and Johnny Depp and Kate Watterson, that doesn't, that really doesn't do it for me on, on that front. And I'm, that's coming from, you know, a world where the 47th person in a Harry Potter movie is an incredible actor, you know, a stage actor that can just act yeah. circles around almost everybody. And so, um, I would like to see kind of a return to, to that sort of thing, but I, I'll go B plus. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll on. I'll go with. I'm gonna go slightly above you. I'm gonna go eight mi- eight eight minus a minus. <laughs> uh, Patrick, I'm also gonna go a minus. And boom, I, I do. I like you. <laughs> I had it at an A, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lie. Johnny Depp, he he took it down to an A minus. <laughs> and like, just I, so I guess, funny. You know when they was... when they cast him, they're like, and we got Johnny Depp, and then all of us were like, ugh, Johnny Depp, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And again, I, mean, I was the minority in my uh, theater because when he when he came on the screen, I rolled my eyes. But then other people were clapping. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, the yeah. peeps, the peeps still love the J J, J Dizzle. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little nervous going forward about him. But when mm-hmm. it came to the way forward, it looks like they're going to do one movie every two years. Yeah, so I'm excited what they're going to do with it. And see what happens with Eddie Redmayne, Dumbledore, Grindelwald, all those people. I think just the biggest question I got right now is like we talked, y'all talked about earlier was what are they going to be called? And, yeah, sure. And like how long, how long does Redmayne stay with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all stuff to ponder. And it made cash though. We'll find out. 226 yeah, mil so far. Wow. Get that money. Get that money. Yeah, it made yeah, this over 100 pay for more, domestically, uh, right? Yeah, it made uh, it, well, it made, no, it's made eighty one so far, one hundred forty five mm-hmm. foreign. But this will pay for more uh, Zack Snyder superhero movies, so that's mm-hmm. good. Can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, thanks. Keep Warner us Brothers. on the air for this years. So. The one thing Warner has going for him, I guess. This yeah, know, is these. Yeah, they 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 crush these, and then they they can't. Uh, can't, they, can't they literally can't, get DC can't do it together at all. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, 
So let's move on and let's uh, hit our weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Uh, Patrick, do you want to recommend something? Yeah, I'm going to recommend one of the new releases on Netflix, The Crown. Oh, okay. sweet. oh cool. I just finished it this past weekend and I thought it, it blew me away. I was impressed. I'd watched, um, it, it, it was on par. It's a totally different type of show, but like when in the impressiveness of the show and how good it was, just like Stranger Things. I'm not <laughs> saying if you like Stranger Things, you're going to like The Crown, but because sure. they're totally they're totally different. But when it came to like how net how good Netflix is mm-hmm. at making a show or producing a show, and yeah, ten episodes. They've already commissioned the second season. I think it's the most expensive TV show ever. I think a hundred million pounds to make Whoa. this season. Oh, wow. Whoa. And you you can tell though, like they shot on location. The actors are excellent. It's just kind of that perfect. You got the British cast, a good it's plot. Kind of Downton Abbey. It's it's. I like it better than Downtown. Is Abbey. it about? Uh, is it about the royal family, the monarchy, the real monarchy? It's about Queen, it's about queen Elizabeth II okay. taking the yeah, crown. The current back in, queen. Back in the, yeah, the, still the current queen when she took it back in the fifties. But if you like the King's Speech. You'll see some similarities and kind of like how that some of the plot points. But the woman that plays the queen, Claire Foy is her name. She's mm-hmm. she's awesome. And then, yeah, I would definitely recommend that to anybody that's interested in that type of history or sure. is a big fan of Netflix shows. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Good recommend. My so, wife's been wanting to watch yeah, that. It sounds, so. Like I said, it sounds like a one I would watch if I was married. But um, I'm not sure I'll get <laughs> Brian's to wife wants to watch it, which means Brian will get to it sometime in the... Yeah. In the Next 2024. Decade. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Cool. This one has Lithgow in it, though, so that's a plus. I love John Lithgow. American Treasure nominee, John Lithgow. Mm, Future definitely. American Treasure. Um, go ahead, Brian, though. Do you recommend? Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie, and I'm going to keep it short because I think we may end up doing an episode at some point. Uh, I saw Moonlight yesterday. Brian, uh, I hate you. It's going to be. <laughs> oh, is that going to be yours? We can co do it. We can we'll co recommend. Brian and I both co-recommend recommend it. Moonlight. Look at that. That's some teamwork right there. Um, maybe sure. since we're co-sponsoring this, recommend Richard. Maybe you can help me pronounce um, Ali's first name because I can't. I don't know how to do it. Is it uh, Marshall? Yeah, is I that... think it's. That's what I would say. So it has okay. to be right. If you don't know what Moonlight is, it's kind of difficult to explain. You should just uh, I don't know, Google it or IMDb it, and just kind of it, it's the sort of movie where really not a whole lot happens. It's just some uh, a kid's life told in three pieces three acts it's almost like a three-act play um that just kind of delves into uh, a short period of his time of his life at i would guess eight years old and 16 years old and and then maybe again at 24 years old it's it's incredibly powerful and well written um and well directed all of the people who play the main character are very good it is a showcase for uh Marshall Ali who we've yeah, seen in like actor. Yeah, Hunger Games and and um House oh, what's House, House Cards. Cards Luke Cage uh he's he's outstanding he's having a moment I think right now like I think we're about to see um some some serious stuff come his way he's only in the first uh first act of the movie and it's it's incredible I mean it really might be the best performance that I've seen this year it's he's unbelievable so I loved it. I think we should. Uh, we may be talking about doing an episode on it in the near future. Um, but man, it was it was uh, extremely powerful. Richard, you got anything to add to that? No, you've done a great job. I I co-signed this recommend. Kent, what is your weekly recommend? 
No, it's yours, Richard. I just said no. I'm doing. I was doing. <laughs> that is not a recommend. You got cosine and have it be a recommend. Well, I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, I... All right, that's mine. <laughs> well, I said it earlier. Right, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm cosigning uh, y'all's cosine, so that's my recommend for the week. All right, Moonlight. good deal. Go see it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna recommend a documentary. It's called uh, Supersonic, and uh, it's about the band Oasis, and it's a guy that did the Amy documentary. That one best oh, yeah. documentary yeah. Uh, last year, I believe, at the Oscars, the Amy Winehouse movie. Uh, it's that same vein, but it's about kind of the Gallagher brothers and how they formed the band and how their relationship obviously grew apart over the years. And uh, it's very well done. And um, if you like music docs, check it out. And it's got a lot to offer. So Supersonic. Uh, I think it was in theaters for a while, but I, I bought it on iTunes, and I think you can do that now as well worth checking out if you like music so supersonic documentary check it out uh check out moonlight check out patrick's the crown as well on netflix if you like that kind of stuff so patrick thanks for joining us tonight it's been a pleasure and an honor and i'll say it now our next uh harry potter episode or fantastic beasts you're always welcome back or anytime you want for that matter so thanks for coming. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Thanks for having me on. And um, I definitely appreciate what y'all do with the podcast. And I try and listen to as many episodes as I can. And I saw y'all just dropped the throwback to that thing you do. <laughs> we did. We did that, indeed. Yeah. That that surprised me, but I'll I'll, I'll be listening to that. Soon. <laughs> it surprised Sweet. me. Yeah. No, it uh, surprised us too. It just happened. I mean, you know, I mean, often the best things in life are surprises, but. Yeah. Uh, we got into some yeah. guy's van and we came out with that podcast episode. We <laughs> yeah. don't know what happened. Yeah, some guy in a really nice trailer offered to sign us to a contract. So, <laughs> give me a pen. Uh, <laughs> side I'm note: signing, you're signing, we're all signing. Side note: not recommend, but uh, what do we think of David Blaine? Like his whole thing. <laughs> Did you watch? Uh, it? I was, no, you watch I, I've seen parts of it. I mean, I've seen bits from his new show or, or segments from it. I've seen mm. all his stuff in the Saw past. Saw him on Fallon. And he, he, I don't know. He's just so, he's like, he might be Satan, you know? I, I'm, he might be a demon. Like, I, I don't know how, like, he did a thing, thing with is, Margot Robbie where yeah. he literally guessed, like, a word that she was thinking and, like, wrote it on her hand or whatever. Like, of all the words in the world, like, he just wrote it down and she was like, he was like, what word were you thinking? And she said it, and it was just written on it. He's like, what? There is no way to know any of You know what I mean? There, it, She started crying. She's like, I don't, I so, like, it's so, so weird, you know? I don't know. Just, my whole deal is all magic that's not <laughs> Harry Potter magic, I'm out. I don't get it. I don't understand. I thought we were past this as a society, and then David Blaine's got a huge special on NBC. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm out. I, I feel the same way, but just with Lance, I'm, I'm, one thing I just love, Lance Burton. <laughs> Have you seen the thing? I think it's on Netflix. Uh, he did a special a couple of years ago. Um, it's called Real or Magic, I think, on Netflix. And he did a he did a thing where he picked like a card or whatever, and he's in Harrison Ford's house, and the card was like in an orange, like in his fruit basket, you know. Like inside the actual peel of the orange and stuff, and Harrison Ford literally was like, 
get the hell out of my house right now. <laughs> like, like get out. Get off my plane. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like, what, how and the what, you know, it's just a side. It just, Netflix got me thinking about that and David Blaine, just crazy stuff. Side recommend. It's Blaine talk. It's Blaine, Blaine. I'm sure there are Blaine casts happening right yeah. now. They they rival our uh, our angel cast. Kowal- yeah, our, our live cast. Chris, nothing but Chris K R I S S cast. Chris cast with two Ks. We um, were mad when we did our Chris Angel pod because for a while we got grouped in with all those Angels the CW series. <laughs> Sorry, like, no. Chris Angel is a C. I don't I don't want the Chris Angel uh, naturalists yeah. to be emailing me. It's Chris C R I S S Angel. By the way, like a, like a gentleman. Um, so, Patrick, thanks again. Where can we find you online? Um, I don't really do much online. I mean, I've got a Facebook page, but that's about it. Patrick? Um, yeah. We'll all find you. We'll the whole group of Patrick. us will find you. Yeah, yeah. We'll find you. <laughs> search for Patrick and we'll track you down. Pick a Patrick, friend him on Facebook. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks. Uh, Brian, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. New issue coming in a very short amount of time, Richard. we got to start planning already. Uh, check that out. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter uh, at Richard Barton. You can find me in hiding so I don't have to write that newsletter. And can, No, it's going to be <laughs> fine. I've got some good holiday plans for you. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison and find us online madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find our show on iTunes, Mad About Movies. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars if you like what yeah. you hear. That helps grow the Leave show. Them reviews. The reviews and the, and the stars and stuff, they help us more than you understand. They do. Not podcasting peeps, so leave those. And again, hit subscribe. We have new episodes a week. We do throwback episodes on old movies. We like to talk TV. We like to talk the new stuff. Oscar season's coming up. We're going to be here for it all. But until then, until next time... We'll see you at the cinema. Bye-bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me die,